0: So, we are able to run all of our data centers at the park on 100% recycled water while being powered by 100% renewable power. Our CEO and founder, Rob Roy, has made sustainability a priority since he founded the company and continues to lead and guide our ESG efforts to do the right thing.
1: Welcome to Smart Energy Voices, an SED podcast. Featuring conversations with leaders of the energy transition, hosted by Smart Energy Decision's own Deborah Channel. In each episode of Smart Energy Voices, Deborah digs deep with industry movers and shakers to reveal insights you can learn from in their stories, personalities, and visions for the future. All right,
2: let's dive in. Hi, everyone. I'm Deborah Channel. I want to welcome you back to Smart Energy Voices. If you've been enjoying the podcast, I hope you'll take a couple of minutes to give us a review on iTunes with that five-star rating that I hope we deserve, and we'd really appreciate that. And if you're new to Smart Energy Voices, we're really glad you're here, and I hope you'll take the opportunity to catch up with our library of episodes. On today's installment of Smart Energy Voices, I'm so happy to welcome Elise Porto. She's Senior Vice President of Sustainability at SWITCH. And Elise is our first two-time winner of a WISE award, that's Women in Smart Energy. in our most current version in 2023, she won for a project that she did at Switch, and that's what we're going to focus on today. Before I bring Elise in, I want to share a comment from her nomination. It says, Elise's efforts at Switch continue to positively impact both the organization and the environment. One area of innovative focus for Elise has been water, where she led the Switch initiative to develop and deliver an extraordinary water conservation effort. And it had a very interesting renewables component. So, Elise, thanks so much for joining us today, and welcome to Smart Energy Voices.
0: Thank you so much, Deborah. It's an honor to be here, and it's an honor to be a two-time winner of the WISE Award. Before we dive in, I just wanted to say thank you to Smart Energy Decisions for being a leader for women in this space, and the recognition that you guys are doing with this award really is impactful and very meaningful. So thank you so much.
2: Thanks Elise. We're thrilled to have you and first of all congratulations as being our first two-time winner. So Elise, your background is in legal. I'm finding women are especially are coming into sustainability from all different directions. Tell us how the legal aspect worked for you.
0: I started in legal and then went and worked at the Nevada Legislature. This is where my journey began toward sustainability. I was intimately involved and became more aware of the environmental and social challenges we faced and wanted to get involved. I had an opportunity to work with Switch and change legislation during that Nevada legislative session and learn more about the company and their focus on sustainability. Following that, I co-developed a strategy team at Switch. Switch's CEO was and still is heavily focused on sustainability as well as women executives. This is where I found my allowable path into sustainability.
2: I'm glad you used that phrase, allowable path. It's one that you told me about a while ago, and I've been using it a lot since then. So thank you. And again, referring to allowable path, different ways that women and men are coming into the industry and how they're being given the opportunity to do so. So I think that's a really important one. So Elise, you are the 2023 Wise Award winner for innovation for your efforts at Switch. So first, tell us a little bit about Switch. What is the company doing Sure, Deborah. Switch is a
0: technology infrastructure ecosystem corporation whose core business is to design, construct, and operate the most advanced data centers. We are headquartered in Las Vegas, Nevada, but we have locations also in northern Nevada, Michigan, Atlanta, and
2: Texas. Okay, so tell us first of all about this water conservation project, which at first when I heard about it, I thought, well, that's not... Directly to relate it to our energy community, but it very much is. So tell us what led you to begin working in that area. So
0: there is a constant balance between power and water. And while data centers use power, they also use water. So what led to the work in this area was there was a need for additional water at our campus located in the Tahoe Reno Industrial Center. That's in northern Nevada. There were excess nitrates that were being put into the Truckee River. And along the river, there are large farms. And at the end of the river, there is Pyramid Lake with endangered aquatic species. We saw an opportunity to solve the problem of the nitrates being put into the river and also use 100% recycled water for our cooling. That is where the project began.
2: Okay, so the project involves, among other things, a 16-mile pipeline. How did the project begin? How did it the nuts and bolts of it come about? Sure. So about 16 miles
0: away from the Tahoe Reno Industrial Center, there is the water reclamation facility. The water reclamation facility serves the Reno and Sparks area and Washoe County. That is the facility that has effluent water available to build the pipeline. So there's a pump station at the water reclamation facility. And then there's a 60 mile pipeline from that water reclamation facility out to the industrial park. The pipeline is built to bring more than 4,000 acre feet of water to the park. And by doing this project, it also allows for 30,000 approximately more homes to be built in the area, as well as deferring $30 million of maintenance at that water reclamation facility, saving ratepayers. Cost currently.
2: Wow, that's terrific. That's a very significant savings. So tell us about the renewable energy aspect of this project.
0: Well, SWITCH has been powered by 100% renewable energy since 2016, January of 2016. And we are working on solar farms at the industrial park that can use the effluent water as well as current utilities in the surrounding area.
2: And the project involves a public-private partnership, which is something we're hearing about a lot more often. It's become a very popular model, although not always an easy one. So tell us what was unique about the structure that you built for SWITCH in terms of this project. Who are the partners? How were they engaged to contribute to this project?
0: Sure. So as I mentioned, the Water Ruck Commission facility is located in the Reno-Sparks area, Washoe County. The Tahoe Reno Industrial Center is located in Story County. And the there are water rights associated with the Truckee River, and that is part of the Regional Water Authority and the state of Nevada. So this is the first regional project ever in the north. It involves Story County, Washoe County, City of Reno, City of Sparks, the General Improvement District at Story County, Switch, Tesla, Google, Redwood Materials, and others out at the park in order to solve for this water problem.
2: And I'm guessing it was a day in the park dealing with all of these different stakeholders on a project. Was it easy getting them all together and involved and working?
0: So it took some time for everybody to identify the true win. So this was a true win-win-win for every stakeholder involved. It allowed for the Reno Sparks and Washoe County area to defer maintenance on the water reclamation facility, as well as removing nitrates into the river and bringing more water to the Tahoe Reno Industrial Center complex where all of the private companies are. And it was an opportunity to use 100% recycled water for sustainability for all of the initiatives of those companies at the end. So it was a true win-win-win for everyone involved.
2: Right, right something for everybody in this. So that's a good way to form these partnerships. All right, so I also want to talk about the point of differentiation that you were able to create within SWITCH in terms of the ESG strategy. How are you able to develop that and what is that differentiation for you?
0: So we are able to run all of our data centers at the park on 100% recycled water while being powered by 100% renewable power. Our CEO and founder, Rob Roy, has made sustainability a priority since he founded the company and continues to lead and guide our ESG efforts to do the right thing. Data runs the planet, and together we can ensure it does not ruin the planet.
2: Very good. So let's stay on the subject of your CEO for a minute. We talked about your outside partners, and now your internal process of pulling this together and getting approval. Having it come from the top is always an easier, it would make it an easier lift for you having that support. But you know, we talk a lot about proving the business case and how to convince the C-suite. Sounds like they were, in a way, already on board and kind of primed for a project like this to come through. Is that true? The
0: idea was primed, but the cost associated it did take some convincing with our CEO and others. So there was a lot of convincing and creativeness to get this project built. The pipeline costs are close to $40 million. There are additional infrastructure outside of the pipeline, but the pipeline itself was approximately $40 million. We were able to work with the state of Nevada and Story County to create a tax increment area to assist with funding the project based upon the taxes paid at the end, which uses the growth in the park. In addition, we were able to guarantee 50% of the water coming through the pipeline was switches. And while water is a precious natural resource... Unlike Southern Nevada, Northern Nevada has water to use for cooling our data centers, and using water is on average 30% more efficient for our data centers to run. So, by using water, our air handlers use less power to cool. So, all of those things together, we were able to convince our C suite that this was a project that we should
2: pursue. And as soon as you said you were working with the state on this, I thought, oh, that's where your legal background. Certainly came into play. I'll bet that was helpful.
0: Yes. The connections that you do make at the Nevada legislature were very helpful in this process as well.
2: I'm sure. Okay. So, you know, more and more, as we're, I mentioned at the beginning, water for a while was a little bit outside of what our community was dealing with, especially our energy people, but sustainability people are very much involved in water conservation and usage and energy people are becoming, you know, that function is becoming more so. So what's the big learning for our community from this initiative and others that you've done? You know, what advice can you impart to them on dealing with these kind of projects? My advice would
0: be do the research, educate yourself about the environmental impacts your company has in the communities where you do business. And if there are any problems that you can help solve, be creative and reach out to entities, state, government that you can to help to determine the best way to solve for those impacts.
2: Right, it sounds like sometimes the answer is as much outside your company as inside, especially on a project that's ad- as wide-ranging as this one.
0: That is correct. There are sometimes you are not knowledgeable about what is going on in the environment around you, and if you are up to speed on that, then you can identify how your company can have positive environmental impacts.
2: I want to bring our discussion back to women. As a WISE award winner, you know, based on your experience, what do you think their biggest pain points are in moving their careers forward? And what advice can you give to help them along?
0: Well, I think there is some confusion in sustainability. The roles in sustainability include much more than just responsibility of overseeing and development and implementation of sustainability strategies across all business function. The role is to work with utilities, renewable developers, public utility commission, Regulatory attorneys, power traders, schedulers, as well as the initiatives. So the role is to negotiate what is in the best interest for our company and our clients. And the industry is mostly male. This was difficult at times where other men would speak to my male colleagues, even though I was the lead on the project. And it took a little extra proving myself over and over again before women or myself in this situation was able to gain the recognition and respect that was deserved. My advice would be joining a sustainability-focused network is helpful. And women can provide the support, inspiration, platforms to amplify all sustainability efforts. And to engage with like-minded individuals and organizations can help women stay motivated and exchange ideas, as well as collaborate on projects that promote sustainability. I think it's also important to note that everyone's path to sustainability is unique and there is no one size fits all approach. Women like men have diverse experiences and perspectives that can help shape their individual journeys towards sustainability.
2: Right. So you have to be open and the people on the other side of the desk basically have to be open to what some of these opportunities can be. That is correct. And something you said earlier in a different context about having to educate yourself and doing that by reaching out to a lot of different areas of government and public and private partnerships, getting that information. I feel like the education process, you know, we call it table stakes. And this is true for men as well as women. You have to walk in as prepared as you can be. And that sounds like something you've been very good at over your career.
0: Thank you very much. It is difficult to do, but There's so much going on all the time. You have to definitely stay in touch and, you know, really focus on what is important.
2: Elise Porter, thank you so much for being with us today. This is great information. It's a great project. And I think people will be happy to hear some of the details that you shared. To our listeners out there, thanks so much for engaging with our content and for being part of our Smart Energy Decisions community. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and tell your colleagues and peers about it. And to learn about how you can become part of our next event, visit our website, smartenergydecisions.com. We're excited about sharing these conversations with the leaders of the energy transition during this podcast, as well as on our website and at all of our events. And it's all in the interest of helping you make those smart energy decisions.
1: Thanks for listening to Smart Energy Voices, an SED podcast. Digest the insights from today's episode and take action on the ideas that have inspired you. Join us every Friday for conversations with smart energy leaders. We also invite you to check out another SED podcast, Beyond the Meter. Each episode of Beyond the Meter features innovative energy projects and initiatives by large electric power users to keep up to date with trends and happenings in the energy transition, visit smartenergydecisions.com to register for our daily newsletter and become part of the Smart Energy Decisions community.